Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Hi, I'm Stephanie Crowley, Editorial Director of the Agriculture Group at Annex Business Media. In March, we launched Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture, a recognition program designed to honour women across all facets of Canadian agriculture. Today's episode is our sixth and final interview featuring Kristen Phillips, the owner-operator of WP Acres Limited and the general manager of Manitoba Ag Days, based in Brandon, Manitoba. These are just two of the many hats she wears. As you'll hear through our conversation, Kristen also has a background in agronomy, she's an active participant in the ag community and beyond, and she runs a busy household with her husband Garrett and their three young daughters. Teresa Valaton, co-founder of farmfems.com, nominated Kristen for IWCA and highlighted her innovative thinking, communication skills, and leadership, both on the farm and in her community. Here's what Teresa had to say. Kristen is most definitely deserving of recognition as an influential woman in Canadian agriculture. She immediately came to mind for this recognition because Kristen just has this authentic love of agriculture, which shows through in every aspect of her life. I've had the pleasure of knowing Kristen in several capacities, and she leads her farm and her family and her work in the community in the same way, with that same balance of energy and compassion and business savvy. And her love of ag is just really evident in her consistency and her authenticity as she puts that love into action in so many ways. Kristen just has an ag thread running through every part of her life and you can hear her passion for agriculture when you listen to her speak. And so I hope that the listeners and the readers enjoy getting to know her as much as I have. Although this podcast series concludes with this episode, the conversation isn't quite over yet. Egg Annex is proud to present the Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture Summit, a virtual mentorship event with some of the most influential leaders in Canadian agriculture on October 20th. This free half-day virtual event will showcase select honorees and nominees of the IWCA program through roundtable-style sessions and conversations. Panelists will share advice and real-life experiences on leadership, communication, and balance while working in agriculture. We hope you'll join us online on October 20th. Stay tuned to eggwomen.ca for more details. Hi, I'm Stephanie Crowley here with Kristen Phillips. Kristen is the owner-operator of WP Acres Limited and the general manager of Manitoba Ag Days. Kristen, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. So Kristen is one of our winners of our Influential Women in Agriculture program. Um, And what we want to do here is just kind of get to know you a little bit. So I've got some questions. Um, We want to learn a little bit about your role in agriculture um, and, you know, the challenges, the opportunities and and the future of what you're doing. So um, I'll just get started and maybe ask you to share your background. I know you have a dual role in ag um, as a farmer and as an industry member. Um, So maybe you can talk about that and where you got started and and your different roles. Sure. Um, So I actually grew up on a mixed grain and beef farm uh, just southwest of Brandon in Roseland. And so I grew up with my dad farming and uh, I just love that opportunity. So, you know, anytime that I could go feed the cows or, you know, ride in the buddy seat or the back window of the old Massey 860, um, that's where, you know, I got my love or passion for the for the job. 
um, went off to university and did a degree in agriculture and then started working as an agronomist here in Brandon. Um, had several different roles, went on to Manitoba Agriculture and then to the Canola Council of Canada and uh, now am working um, as the general manager of Manitoba Egg Days, which is Canada's largest indoor farm show and uh, also very actively involved on the family farm. Awesome. So lots of different um, experience there. Um, but what do you like best about kind of your current role, both on the farm and um, being involved in Manitoba Ag Days? Uh, so I guess my favorite part about agriculture is is just how incredible the industry is. Um, I think we are blessed and fortunate to work in agriculture and have the opportunities that we do. Uh, you know, the ability to raise my family on the farm. Um, Egg Days is a perfect fit for me in that uh, the show, you know, it's the busy season for us really is August to March. Um, and then in March to August, it's a bit slower, which gives me the time to really focus on the farm um, and the family. Mm -hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about your family and their involvement? You have children and and I mean, that whole stereotypical balance word of how do you manage it all? But can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I probably am different than most farm wives in that um, I actually do have a Bachelor of Science in Agronomy. So I actually do all the scouting on the farm. Um, I also do all the bookkeeping. I'm responsible for all the marketing decisions on the farm. So everything to do with, you know, the bankers, the accountants, the lawyers, um, that really is on me. Mm -hmm. um, plus I, I dictate or assist in the decision making on on the farm when it comes to spring fertility rotation um that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so my husband and i uh have three children uh they are currently five six and eight and so we have them home on the farm with us and um we just involve them in our everyday activities so that they learn to be part of a farm mm -hmm. that's great i'm sure they love that they do the girls love being on the farm uh, you know, ha we have a great big, huge garden and they never seem to complain. They always come along. Their favorite things are, you know, meals in the field and uh, tractor rides with dad and scouting in the ranger with mom. Oh, that's great. Do they fight over who gets to do what or do we try and divide it up equally? I have three kids as well, so I always know the struggle of making sure that everyone gets a turn. Yeah, you know, I, I really feel like my kids don't fight that much. Um we just we try to include them all the time and I think they're so close in age that they're not at the fighting stage yet um yeah. but yeah sometimes there's pushback if they don't want to do something uh, more so than who gets to do something oh that's cool well I'm sure that this is something that you know with you growing up on a farm as well you'll know that the memories will go back as far as you can remember and they'll always remember being a part of what you and your husband have done on the farm and they'll really cherish that I'm sure so that's great yeah, and, and I think that was part for me too, right? Like I I had those amazing memories with my parents and I knew I wanted to farm, but until I found the right person to come home and farm, I didn't even know if it would be an opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, mom and dad were actually ready to retire right before Garrett and I, um, you know, connected, so. Oh, there you go. So one of my next questions too is, gonna, I was going to ask you about a risk that you've taken. So is there something that sticks out, whether in either side of your roles, um, about you know a, a risk that um, something has come up or an opportunity has presented itself and you jumped on it? So risk, um, recently I bought a basis contract while selling grain and okay. that was a huge mistake. <laughs> um, 
but uh, you know, career wise, I would probably say that um, it was a decision to take on the general manager's role with Manitobag Days. Uh, I was actually seven months pregnant when I interviewed for the position. Um, I'd been on the board for eight years, so I had a ton of knowledge and experience from a board point, but mm-hmm. not necessarily um, in a manager's role. And it just seemed really crazy to me that I would apply for a job um, being that pregnant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but you know what? I think that the board really believed that I was the right person to do it, and they were 100% behind me. And so I was due May 9th, and I uh, took the job May 1st. Oh, wow. Jordan hung on till May 26th. So <laughs> I, I did get a couple of weeks in um, before she arrived. But she was such a good baby, and, you know, she, she just was a trooper and I think she knew she had to be good. So yeah. that, that first show was such a whirlwind. But when I think back about, you know, risky decisions or decisions that really changed my direction, um, I think that was one of them. And part of it is I'm a planner. Like I really like to have things planned out and it wasn't part of my plan. So I feel like that's why I would say it was one of my biggest risks. That's great. Sometimes those great risks always end up with the greatest return, right? And and you never know unless you try it. So it's always nice to hear about a story like that that comes out and, and really has a positive kind of impact on the way that the rest of your career has turned out. So, yeah. Can you talk maybe on the other side kind of about a, a challenge? Now, obviously, starting a new role like that with a baby would have one sort of a challenge, but are there other particular challenges that you've faced that um, have been kind of defining for you um, or that really stick out in your mind? Yeah, so I actually think probably back to my first year as an agronomist, um, you know, straight out of university, coming into the position, I was hired as an agronomist working in a retail position. um, So instantly out in the field, hands on. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to um, you know, grower training events or or um, meetings in the off season. And I would be, you know, one of five females in a room of 300 men. And I remember feeling um, like intimidated at first. I remember feeling like, oh, I'm really the minority here. But then I remembered that, you know, I want to be an agronomist and I want to help producers. And so I really made a conscious effort to make sure that I, you know, met lots of people. And I challenged myself to, you know, talk to the other people, sit with someone new, learn something new, um, learn from their learnings. I quickly made lifelong friends and I still communicate with them today. I I think you have to build your network as an agronomist or anyone in the egg industry because you're not going to know every answer. So knowing which friend to call in your circle will be one of your most powerful tools. That's great advice. Um, And then so pivoting to that a little bit can we talk about a a big accomplishment or another kind of a positive defining moment or something that you're really proud of Uh, so when when you pose this question to me I thought wow that's a tough question because there's so many things right but I think um, probably when I was working for Manitoba agriculture we were rolling out the environmental farm program Mm -hmm. and so we were teaching everyone um, but I had to cover all of southwest and south parkland and so I suggested that we actually use GoToWebinar okay. to deliver this across the whole uh, western side of the province because there was four agronomists in the eastern side of the province and only myself in the western side. Okay. And I figured, why don't we utilize the ability um, to deliver this? There was tons of pushback. Nobody thought that it was going to work. Uh, they didn't think farmers would be receptive. 
but I, I really pushed for it. And I said, you know, it can save us a lot of time and a lot of money and resources. The delivery and reception was an astounding success. And uh, we had tons of growers that thought it was just fantastic that they didn't have to drive two hours, you know, to Brandon to take in a, an eight hour course. So mm-hmm. um, it actually really changed the way that the government delivered things. And so I feel like in some way I had a, a big part in that. Yeah, absolutely. And now it seems to be, you know, especially in the days that we're in right now, everybody's turning to platforms like this to connect with people. And so the fact that you kind of trailblaze that, you know, a few years ago was great um, and, and really kind of paves the way for how things are going. And you're kind of ahead of the curve, especially in, in these pandemic times now, too, where everything's taken to be online and, and virtually. So. Yeah. Awesome. And this was like 12 years ago. So yeah, um, it, it really was something new that farmers, you know, people believe they weren't going to be receptive to it, but mm-hmm. I think it, it uh, was very well received. That's great. Um, kind of an aside to that, and we've talked about all of our different virtual options right now, and um, I don't really want to get into too much about the pandemic, but did you find that there was any pushback from any of the farmers or anything in terms of internet access or, you know, how did you overcome those kinds of challenges where maybe, you know, anybody living in a rural area might not have reliable internet to access that program um, or the, those courses? Um, how did you so we, we actually, um, we allowed them to utilize all of the different egg offices. So okay. you know, someone living in Shoal Lake could go to the Shoal Lake office. Oh, Russell could great. go to Russell. So we connected everyone virtually that way so that we guaranteed a secure line and the ability to have back and forth conversation, um, which worked fantastic. That's great. And that really gives them still kind of a, a, a traveling feel. So they know that they're going for a purpose and, and um still getting some of that networking in as well, I'm sure, right? Yeah, and then it allowed like the other farm production advisors to be there to assist them. And I think, you know, had I not had my colleagues on board and supportive, it wouldn't have been a success, but the ability for us to all work together as a team in one day versus, you know, 15 or 20 days for me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, You've got a lot of experience that we talked about um, and a a deep-rooted history in agriculture, but um, do you, can you think back to a piece of advice that you received when you were first starting out, whether you were in university or first starting out on the farm or even with Manitoba Ag Days? Um, is there some advice that has really stuck with you um, and maybe something that you could pass on to other women or young people who are uh, thinking about pursuing a career in agriculture as well? So I think the biggest piece of advice probably came from my dad. Um, he said, hard work and determination will help you climb many mountains but you need to learn how to survive in the valleys. And I don't think I really understood what that meant until I started actually farming and doing the books. Um, Because there's for sure lots of highs in farming and lots of lows, and it's being able to be successful at both extremes. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the past two growing seasons has really tested our abilities. And um, I now understand the back meaning of that one. No kidding. No kidding. And is there something along those lines? Is that what you would pass on to anybody looking to pursue a career? Or can you add your own, um, you know, additional comments to that for anyone in the future? Yeah, you know, I think my own advice to someone else thinking about agriculture is to go for it because agriculture is an industry with so many possibilities. Um, you know, I'm a living example and and love each and every hat that I wear. Um, I would also encourage them to start building their network 
because if mm-hmm. you grow your circle early, you the and the possibilities are endless. That's great. And going back to the beginning of your career, if you could talk to yourself um, at the very early stages of of your career and your enter into agriculture, what would you tell yourself? Um, that I should have gone to Australia. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think everyone I, I, would do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually had a year long um, plan to travel right after university okay. with my younger sister. And uh, then the opportunity to be an agronomist back in my hometown came up and I thought, oh, this, this isn't going to be there. Like if I don't take this opportunity, it's not going to be there. So I, I backed out on my sister six weeks before the trip oh. and um, hindsight, I think there was lots of time for my career and that I should have gone. Cause I think the opportunity and the experience would have been extremely beneficial in my career. Uh, Australian agriculture is very similar to Canadian agriculture. Yes. Yeah. And so I think, um, yeah, I still think it's on my bucket list. So it's something I definitely want to accomplish. Maybe just not in hostels and a backpack now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so did your sister still go without you? She did. Yeah. She's she such did. a trooper and had an amazing experience and worked on farms and worked her way across um, both um, Australia and New Zealand. So that's really cool. Does she rub that in your face a little bit sometimes or is there All still the some time. bitterness there? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Maybe one day, like you said, everybody needs a bucket list. So that's great. Yeah. I think on a on a more serious note, though, I think I would tell myself to make sure I reevaluate my goals every three years. Um, okay. Goals that are not written down are just dreams. And so yeah. in order to be accountable, we need to write things down. Uh, it's amazing how many goals I have accomplished in my career, but just being accountable, um, I think would make a big difference. Okay, cool. Um, I just want to backtrack a little bit because you talked about having that international experience. I want to mention um, your uh, your role in making kind of those international connections with the Gen to Gen program. Is that something that you can talk about too uh, with the trainees? That you're yeah. With? So for the past uh, three seasons, we've had um, international trainees on our farm, which has been a fantastic experience for us. Um, you know, finding work labor in in Canada um, on farms is extremely hard. And so we've been working with a college over in France. And so we host a student for six months every year. And wow. they come and live with our family and, uh, you know, live and interact and live with us. And it's been amazing. Um, there's been a language barrier. I do have um, some French, but um not as much as I'd like. <laughs> um, and my husband has no French. So um, we have used a lot of Google Translate and uh, and it's it's worked and it's been fantastic. Yeah. This year, actually, we were supposed to have an Australian um, join us, but uh, obviously that didn't pan out. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just a different opportunity to learn about their heritage and about our heritage and combine mm-hmm. the two different um, agriculture platforms. You know, we have a lot bigger equipment than the kids from France had. So they're just amazed when they come and get to see our our big equipment. Um, but it's worked cool. really well. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you said, thank goodness for Google to fill those those gaps and the language barriers. But I could imagine that would be a lot difficult, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago. But uh, without yeah. that. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you've talked a little bit about this, but what keeps you excited about agriculture? What do you love about it? What keeps you um, driving forward and, and continuing to pursue these new opportunities and, and new challenges like the different programs that you're involved with? I think it's the desire to do better every year, um, you know, to push ourselves to our limits, try new things uh, to learn and to achieve. Um, 
as an agronomist, I've always used the tagline, you have to scout to know. And mm-hmm. I truly believe if, if you are not out in the field, looking at living it, d- making decisions in the moment, um, you're not truly doing the best that you can possibly do. Um, as a person working in agriculture, I think the most exciting part is how we are constantly evolving. You know, I'm a fifth generation or raising the fifth generation um, in our, you know, Roseland, Manitoba. And I think um, what my grandpa and my great grandpa went through in their careers in agriculture is truly incredible, right? Like mm-hmm. horse as your main source of power to tractors, to robots. And, yes. and what will we experience in our careers in agriculture? Um, it's endless. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think your kids will get involved in agriculture as they get older? Or is that something you hope for them? Or I definitely hope so. Um, you know, I, I hope that one of my kids has the same interest. I think um, too often, because I have three daughters, people think, oh, that farm won't succeed. But my dad had four daughters and, uh, you know, two of us uh, are farming. So I don't think gender should hold you back from doing anything. Um, I think that if you want something bad enough, you can accomplish anything. And you know, I'm maybe not the best at fixing the tractors, I'm pretty good at breaking them. But uh, <laughs> I, I think that we all have strengths and weaknesses. And it's figuring out how to make that work within your work team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and on that note, how do you see the the industry kind of changing over the next five to 10 years? What do you want to see more of? What do you think um, agriculture is doing right? Uh, you know, in the last 10 years, it's been an incredible push in technology and innovation. And I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Um, you know, only 1.8% of the population actually farms, which mm-hmm. means that that 1.8% has to keep pushing and being innovative um, in order for things to work and be cost effective. Um, I want to see my girls have that opportunity. So I hope that we can keep doing it. When I think about the biggest um, innovations that we've seen, you know, GPS and auto steer, sectional control, but also the cell phone. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure some people are laughing at that comment right now, but what other device do we have that we can communicate on, take photographs with, you know, send the picture anywhere in the world. We don't have to just talk to our local people. Yes. Um, we can look up the weather, the wind speed, wind direction, um, search radars, talk, communicate. It's a safety tool. I, I just think that the cell phone has been an incredible innovation for our farm. Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. And like you said earlier, just about your daughters going into farming too, there are just so many ways um, and, and connecting it to your point about how only one per, 1.8% of people are actually farming. There are so many different facets and, and different roles and and um, needs that we need people to fill in this industry. And so it's really nice to hear from people like yourself and our other um, you know influential women that we're honoring through this program um, to see how the different ways that we can all be involved in it and I think everyone has a role to play and and it's it's great to hear um some of the ways that you're doing that and you're you're playing that role and you're having that influence on others so that's great is there anything that we want to add anything that we didn't talk about that you thought we should chat about I do know that you're a curler and that's not related to agriculture but um do you still curl is that what you like to do in your spare time still or um so I actually haven't curled since um I had my second daughter so my second daughter is actually quite sick so she has to have um blood transfusions all the time okay and so that's kind of why I switched career roles too because um she actually was in in the neonatal intensive care unit for 111 days so 
Wow. Uh, it's kind of like, it's a crazy story. So obviously we're farmers. I was having a baby in August. Uh, everything was fine, healthy pregnancy. And then we get, um, find out we have a sick baby and she is airlifted off to Winnipeg. Oh. My husband and I have to drive to Winnipeg and, um, yeah, we're trying to take a crop off. So I stayed in the hospital with my daughter and my husband came back to take the crop off. My uh, oldest daughter went to my mom's house and, mm. um, yeah, four months in Winnipeg in hospital. And so I just, I couldn't go back to, um, being an agronomist on the road. Um, when she was having, when we finally got out of the hospital, we were going every second day to the hospital here in Brandon. Goodness. And then it became every three days, four days. Um, she's doing great now, but um, I just couldn't do the same role that I needed. And so um, when the opportunity to do egg days and have something that would keep me at home with her came up, it was um, a huge opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to hear she's doing well. That is definitely, you know, we talk about the challenges in terms of your career and, you know, your seasonal stuff that comes up, but there are so much, so many other things that happen behind the scenes that people don't know about. So glad to hear that she's doing well. And um, I can't, I can't even imagine what a difficult road that must have been for you guys to, to go through, especially in August, like you said, yeah. Yeah. right? In harvest um, was the hardest yeah. part for sure. So yeah. yeah, long story short, I, I have not curled since her. So mm -hmm. I, I used to curl, so I kind of had like a decade of of extreme success because I actually won Manitoba seven times in a ten year period. Yeah. Um. So had lots of success there and have tons of friendships um, from curling, but it's just not something that I do anymore. And I I curled in one Bonspiel last year in Wawanisa. Okay. And uh, yeah, hadn't been on the ice for seven years, so it was quite an experience. Did it come back like riding a bike? That's great. There you go. <laughs> it was it was good. It was lots of fun and uh, something I I might do more of. But um, yeah, right right now it doesn't feel like a priority. Yeah, well, life has a way of you know changing Thanks things for tuning and, and presenting new opportunities as you well know. So maybe maybe that'll come back to you someday. You can subscribe yeah. to Agianix. Kristen, thank you so much for uh, you know being on the podcast with us and chatting with us today. It's so nice to hear more about you and. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. Um, you are an influential woman in Canadian agriculture, and we really appreciate the work that you do and, and the time that you've taken just to share that with us. So thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.